A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I'm in mega crunch. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys would put mega the mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, where the points are like church signs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 giving, I'm giving you points jokes from the very beginning of the show. Yeah, right at, at the beginning. So look, we we so uh, this was sent to me by one of our listeners. Where did you get yours? Uh, I, it was also sent to me by one of our listeners. So apparently, we are the victims of uh, people buying church sign books. <laughs> look at this though. Hopefully mine they found them at a garage sale. Mine has a Holy Week section. <laughs> wow. We'll see. It's pretty. I, so we're, what we're gonna do? I don't know how this is gonna work out, but we're gonna have dueling church sign books. I'll, t- I'll tell you that my the worst place the the second worst place for a church sign is on a church sign. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first worst place is in a in book, a book. Of church signs. Like like when you're getting ready to fly somewhere to your next speaking engagement, like I think I'll take my, take my book of church signs, read that on the plane. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so somehow we'll work that into the show. Uh, also, we're gonna play what's on your pastor's YouTube feed. That's a pretty scary thing. Uh, came up with this. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, but you in my in my defense, uh, I have not logged in as myself on this computer, and the only thing I do on this computer is Table Talk Radio stuff. You know, so and so it. You think the YouTube algorithm somehow senses what Table Talk Radio needs? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so you've got a sermon, and we're gonna Chris Roseborough it. Is Chris Roseborough a verb yet? It is. It is. It means uh, uh, playing sound bites in. Ten second increments, and then mocking it uh, continuously. That that's mocking. what the verb. You mean digging into the theological trouble of it? Yes, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> and so uh, th- that's the, what the verb Chris Robro means. All right, so uh, buzzwords. You got a buzzword? My buzzword for you is hope. Ah, hey, you're working on. Is that your thing? Mm-hmm. That's, that's your thing. thing. That's coming up. So we're uh, we're supposed to do your show prep for your uh, right. Your, your... I'm going to be talking at issues, etc., about making the Christian case for hope. I got so much. There's so much to talk about, though. So I, I I'm just thinking about it. But look, what if we define this way? Hope is faith directed to the future. So hmm. all those things that are on the way that God has promised and yet not yet delivered. Um, that's where our hope lies and. Um, and so this is, but I was thinking about this verse. Where's my Bible? I was thinking about this verse from Peter. Well, oh, now I got to think of where it is. First Peter, 
I think it's chapter 1, verse 13, and it talks about... Uh, no, that's not it. Maybe it's Second Peter. This is good radio. Uh, where it talks about, have your mind... Gird up the lo- loins of your mind... And um, oh, yes, my mind's oh, loins. And uh, <laughs> be sober, and set your hope fully. First Peter three fifteen is what it is. I wrote it down on a card here, and it's okay. So let me read it to you. It says, um, "Sanctify the." Oh, that's not it. First Peter one thirteen. Didn't I say that? I think so. First Peter one thirteen. Was I looking at the wrong thing? First Peter one thirteen it says Gaia there gird up the loins of your mind I'll pause while you do that. Okay. Tell me when you're ready. Got him. <laughs> be, <laughs> be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's a it's an interesting translation problem because it's the it says, be sober, fully hope. And so the question is, does the fully go with sobriety or does the fully go with hope? It could probably go with both. But hope. set your hope fully on the grace that is to be brought at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, so we are putting our hope in the grace to come, and that is part of our sort of mental sanctification. So that as we meditate on the grace to come, our minds are sanctified. It's a really phenomenal thing. So that, so that that it's like hope has like a. It's almost like a mental medicinal sort of thing. It it cleanses the mind. It's hmm. hope is like the iodine of the mind, like the peroxide, like the chlorine, of the Christian mind. Pick hmm. whatever metaphor you like. Interesting. All right. I prefer OxyClean myself. Uh, it's like the OxyClean of the mind. Uh, Clary, okay. uh, Clary. Carrie said the other day, she said, uh, I did your laundry so it doesn't stink anymore. Apparently, I don't know how to do laundry. <laughs> do you know that? Enough said. Uh, I like to do my own because I don't like it to get mixed up with anybody else's because then I don't like sorting it out, you know? So I'm like, I'll just put it. But apparently I don't know how to do it. I'm like, that way you can, this thing for? You can just so, put it in a what? big ball of your clothes and, and take take from the ball as you need. <laughs> I had this great idea of like making a, a basket that was like the size of a of the drawer. And so you just put all the dirty clothes in this basket and tie up the basket and you put it in the laundry and then you put it in the dryer and then you just take the basket and open it back up in the thing. So you never have to sort or fold anything. You just keep it. Like all the socks are in their own little thing. So you just wash them all together and open it up. And there you have the clean socks. There you go. Carrie doesn't think that'll work. Huh. I don't know why. But all gonna, right. My theological buzzword for you is uh, it's kind of an atheological buzzword, buzz phrase. And it's on the, the master list at tabletalkradio.org. I love this list of terms, buzzwords, because about... 25% of them are defined. And between deeds and Deepak Chopra <laughs> is deeds, not creeds. Deepak and Chopra. Here's, here's the official Table Talk Radio definition of deeds, not creeds. Rick Warren and others say this. <laughs> we have not, I have not done a Deepak Chopra <laughs> imitation. I wonder if I do my Deepak Chopra imitation, this video will probably get 
demonetized because the Deepak Chopra will claim copyright on probably so my imitation is that close that and all of Australia this is why we've been spared of your, <laughs> your accents lately anyway but the idea behind or the the thing Deepak of deeds not Chopra. creeds you know that Rick Warren I think made this famous from his book Purpose Driven Life where he said um, you know the the Reformation was all about creeds you know do we believe the right thing but now we need mm-hmm. a new Reformation of deeds not creeds the idea is that we we need a reformation of doing things not about what we believe um now let's just let's just think about that for a little bit okay are are, are we are we to think that what oh, really, we're thinking out loud yes it doesn't okay. make for the best radio to think on the inside <laughs> i thought you just wanted to you know, Deepak Chopra. We're, we're, we're going to spend the next two and a half minutes just radio silence thinking about this. Okay, everybody. <laughs> what does the guy said? The other day, my watch stopped halfway through a minute of silence. And I was stuck there for seven hours. I couldn't tell anybody. <laughs> all right, all right. Because we're already out of time. Uh, so the thought is that what really matters is not what you believe. Ugh, that's garbage. What really matters is what you do, the, the deeds that you do, you know. And that is that. So we we gave credit to Rick Warren on this, but is that he's actually not the first to come up with it. We ought to credit the Pharisees for coming up with that first. So uh, I think the Pharisees have a copyright claim against Rick Warren. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Rick Warren, the Pharisees taught your doctrine first. You're gonna no get fair, buddy. You're gonna get demonetized by the Pharisees. <laughs> Copyright strike. All right. Legalist all over the world. I I would really not like to do church science beyond the first segment. So let's uh in the last minute okay. and a half do this. I'll I'll all right. I'll throw the first one at you. God can't fill someone who's full of self. Get it. What did it say? God can't God oh, can't I fill see. someone who's full of self. Oh yeah. Empty yourself. Kenosis. Okay, take that. Uh, and I put up against it. Uh are you watching the masters? The master is watching you. <laughs> All right, I see Yours that. Yours is mystical, mine is legalistic. <laughs> oh, here's another mystical one for you. Quiet your mind and soul enough to hear God whisper. Oh. Hmm. Um, for many are cold, but few are frozen. <laughs> that could be... Uh, when the new Frozen movie's coming out, you could run that one. Uh, I don't question your existence, signed God. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, I see that church sign, and I raise it a... There's a reason they're not called the Ten Suggestions. Ooh. Uh, Ooh let's see here. Uh, see, mine Mine has a, a notes and date used column, so I can fill that in as it comes as I use it. Um, if you wrestle with God, pray you lose. You don't want to win that wrestling match, apparently. Yeah, I suppose. Although, Joseph, when yeah. Cain, when did Cain kill his brother? As soon as he was able. Oh, nice. That's really hoping that the people driving by your church have a little bit of knowledge. All right, this is my last one. Pray about your doubts. God won't be mad. That's actually... Yeah. Pray about your doubts. All right, what do, you, what do you got? What's your last one? Grass, the river, Jesus, all have risen. <laughs> I think that might be yours. Are a bit more, a little bit more pithy. All right, well, that's it. Thanks for seeing hey, us, church sign books. I, I think that counts as a concession. 
I'll take 300 points for that. All right. I need to check this out. There's probably a, a pithy section in my book. The puns. Yeah, the pun, the pun chapter. Busting the myth that practice makes perfect. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I'm taking some old Luther stuff, pulling it out of the collections and publishing it. You can download it for free or buy them for five bucks. Find it, the Everyone's Luther, at wolfmuller.co. Click on the books at the top of the page. Welcome back to everyone's favorite theological game show. We all know the the pain of logging onto YouTube and seeing what videos are suggested. Upon mine this morning, of course, was a sermon by Andrew Womack of the Living Word Christian Center. I have no idea who this is or where this church is. How do you because think this would I be for winning cave. people for the thing? Uh, bad news, Pastor saw his shadow six more weeks of lousy sermons. <laughs> Like, what about that sign makes people say, I want to go to church. <laughs> I want to go there. I want to go here. Six more weeks of lousy I'm sermon. just thinking of the pastor pulling into the parking lot after the the church sign guy had done his work. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> hey. He's talking about my shadow. <laughs> anyway, the title of this sermon is, You've Already Got It, which I'm sure will be a sermon about... Sin and and uh, death. I'm sure that's what that is, right? We'll find out. Right. It, yeah, let's see how that goes. All right, let's just let's just play this and see uh, what we have to talk about here. So anyway, uh, I want to get into what I you get to share the screen. The Lord wants me oh, to I share forgot this about week. that. And I'm gonna again start where I left off last year, which I know is ambitious because people have other things to do than think about what I ministered last year all year long. And there's probably a lot of you that weren't here last year. But anyway, real quickly, I just shared that the Lord showed me that when I got born again, it was my spirit that was changed, not my body and not... All right, let's talk about that. Uh, when, <laughs> when you're born again, not it's my, your... my spirit, not my body, not my oh. soul. My soul. And this was a major breakthrough because scriptures that say watch you, know, all that you are the righteousness of, of God, mm -hmm. I'd go look in the mirror and I'd think, that's not righteous. And I'd look at my mind and my thoughts and that wasn't totally righteous. And because of it, I was just stuck. It was like... Do you think he's trying to make a distinction, uh, what we would call the, the uh, simultaneously Satan sinner? Maybe. It's an interesting idea. Now, I, I just happened, so you played just the beginning of this. I think that's what you played before we started, and mm -hmm. I thought, I'm interested in this because I, I've been reading, did I, have I even told you about this? I was reading Luther on the Magnificat, and right at the beginning, remember when Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior? And that. Luther starts talking about the distinction between soul and spirit. Did we talk about that last time? I think I remember that before. Yeah. You want to look at it? I I got a. I can. Can I over? You can, ride your you can, screen. You can share? overshare my screen share. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Can, what is can this? You, I, I did. I, <laughs> <laughs> so here's Luther's works, volume twenty-one, on the. Am I showing you that, or am I showing you a CPH website? I'm showing. I'm seeing uh, Luther's works. Oh, good. That's what you're supposed to see. So. Um, 
Uh, so Luther says, God divides man into three parts, which is inter- is very, very interesting. Um, and he goes on, uh, where, here, he says, um, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, May the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly. May your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless before the, um, uh, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's another division of each of these three, and the whole man into two parts, which are called spirit and flesh. Now, this is going to be very helpful if I can draw. Why can't I find my pencil to be able to draw on the screen? Aha! Because, um, so Luther says there's two distinctions. So let me, I'm going to give myself a blackboard here. That's not black. That's not what's That looks like a green board. So, um... So so Luther says, okay, so if you look at the human being, you have the spirit, and then you have the soul, and you have the body, and those are the like three parts of humanity. And then he says there's another distinction, which is the flesh and the spirit. Okay. And and so you have spirit in both, right? But so you you what what is the spirit soul and body well the spirit and the soul this is your inner life and luther says that it's that should be compared to the tabernacle or the temple and the soul is the holy place and the spirit is the holy of holies and then your body is the outer court where mm. you live mm. okay and so the soul is that sort of life that's inside of you but that's it gets reflected in the body, your thoughts, your feelings, your everything else. And the spirit is like the holy place where the where the Lord's word comes in darkness and so forth. And then he says there's a second division that, that the Bible makes, and that's this division between flesh and spirit. And the flesh is the old Adam, that sinful part of us, and the spirit is the new man. Mm-hmm. And, and that uh, runs through all of them. So that the flesh sins in the body and in the soul and the spirit of a person who is not Christian is dead. Mm -hmm. It doesn't receive the things of God. Now when the spirit comes, our own spirit is made alive to receive the gifts of God and also that's reflected in the soul and also in the body as we do good works and serve the neighbor and especially as we, for example, receive uh, the Lord's word and the Lord's body and blood and the gift of baptism, etc. We we receive all of those things through our body and they benefit our soul and spirit. So Luther kind of puts forth that whole picture of humanity. And we talk about, so you you brought up, uh, what did you bring up? The, the simultaneously. Yeah, so that'd be like the, the, the flesh and the, and the spirit, the new man. So, so I think I think that's where he's going to go with this, and we'll we'll give him a fair shake and, and find out. We want to be cautious that he's not saying that somehow uh, regener- regeneration only applies to the immaterial and nothing about the material, because that would uh, that'd be kind of a gnostic move. Yeah. Okay. So we'll give him a fair. Do I got to reshare my screen? Because you over. Yeah, you got to reshare. I can't. <sighs> All right, here's some more. So much work. God, I can't understand the Word. And when He showed me that it's not my body and it's not my soul that got changed, it was my spirit. And He showed me who I am in Christ and what I had in Christ. 
It totally revolutionized my life because God is a spirit and God sees me in the spirit and he relates to me in the spirit. And even when I sin and even when I fall short, even when I mess up, God does not change in his attitude towards me because he's a spirit and he's dealing with me in the spirit. And my spirit is sealed and sanctified and perfected forever. We talked about all of these things last year. So, oh man, I'm going to go back to last anyway, year's I've sermon. I've never just continued I know. teaching from the year you, before. What did you think about that much, what he just said? Well, uh, it's, you know, there's a way, so, so far, there's a way to take it right and there's a way to take it wrong. So uh, the problem is if we're separating, so it depends on the distinction that he's making. If he's making the spirit uh, versus flesh distinction, <laughs> then we say, okay, maybe that's right. But if he's making, the danger is he might be making the spirit versus the body distinction, and that is Gnosticism. Right. And so, uh, and, I, and I have some concerns towards the latter when he says that, uh, look, um, you might, my sin is, uh, God, God, God is unencumbered when I sin because, well, that what he deals with is a spirit thing and what I, my sin is in the body thing. Well, we can't disconnect, you know, our body from our spirit, right? Um, it, it's not as if God can continue loving us because he's only interested in spirit, not interested in our body. He continues loving us because the blood of Jesus covers all of our sins even in the body, you know. So I, th- I think right. I I I, th- I think I can see the 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 point he's trying to make. I think the way he's expressing it falls into error. But but like Let's you said, see. you know, there, there there may be a way to understand it in a in a in a good light. I mean, we do have one hour and four minutes left. Right, and that was just a recap. So let's just. Uh... <laughs> But that's what I'm doing this time. So anyway, let's turn over to Genesis chapter 1. And if all those things be true, and if you were changed, here is one of the applications of this that just totally changed my life. I touched on this last year again. Uh, For those of you that couldn't remember that far back, I touched on this, but I'm getting a lot more revelation on this. And even last, I think it was October the 4th, of last year, I was watching my own television program, which is strange. But you know what? If you were on television, you'd watch yourself too. <laughs> you would. I know you would. <laughs> you know, that's most, pretty funny. No, <laughs> most most people are like, oh, I don't want to see myself. No, but uh, some of us would be like, oh, man, I, I this is a I, I did this. I was cleaning the garage this last week, and I was getting ready to preach on Ephesians, and so I went back and I listened to the introducing the books of the Bible, Ephesians thing I did on yeah. issues, etc. And I but then the kids came out and they said, "Dad, are you listening to yourself?" I <laughs> what are you talking about? I kids? love that your kids are old enough to to <laughs> just say things like that. Do you? you know, do you I mean, at my I bet at, you do. Where I'm at, I can be like. Yeah, Lily, everybody does this. Don't you know? I mean, <laughs> this is what people do. <laughs> but your kids are like, wait a minute, that's narcissistic. <laughs> Here's the danger. He says, I've been getting revelation on this. Yeah. It's one thing to say, I've been, I've been, what? I've been learning. You know, it's, it's one thing to learn from the Bible. 
It's another thing to get a revelation from God. Mm. That's kind of a different level. So, again, it depends on what do you mean by that. I mean, I suppose you could understand this rightly. Like, the, I've been... I, I know things now that I didn't know before. Um, but it seems like this is beyond that. The Holy Spirit is is showing me new things, and now you need to listen to these new things. Yeah, and that's a dangerous thing. Just point me to the scriptures. That, that's all I need. Point me to the scriptures, and that, that's it. That is our revelation. All right, more on this right after this. How many Table Talk Radio listeners does it take to change a light bulb? you'll probably have to settle for one. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. All right, we are back. We're listening to a sermon entitled, You've Already Got It. By Andrew Womack, and uh, who is this guy? Uh, we don't know who this is, do we? He's a special he's a preacher at Living Word Christian. He 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 preaches once a year at Living Word Christian Center, apparently. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's. Uh, well, that's why he has to preach for an hour and five minutes. That's right. I mean, you would preach for an hour and five minutes. We only got one shot a year. I would. Okay. Well, here's some more. Good. Anyway, I was watching myself, and I was teaching on some of these things, and God spoke to me through me. It was really, <laughs> it was really weird. That is pretty funny. At least he can laugh about it. I was sitting there thinking, how does this happen? <laughs> but it just shows you that God can take anything that you say, and God can amplify on it, and you can get different things. The same people that are here tonight can hear me say the exact same words, and some of you will go home and get different things out of it. But God spoke to me through me, and it was awesome. <laughs> and I just want to share some things with you here that compliment all of this about who you are in Christ and how that God already loves us and has done all of these things. In Genesis chapter 1 is where God created the heavens and the earth. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said... Just a quick question. Do you have a belt buckle like mm -hmm. that yet? No, I need to get one. You I, do. Uh, but look, I think the belt buckle goes along with the King James. It does. Which I... <laughs> I appreciate both of those things. <laughs> I want to start working with just King James. Yeah, sure. Behold, I have given unto you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all of the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. 
and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So there is a lot of things in those verses, but here's what I was wanting to point out, and this is where I'm wanting to start, and I'm going to be dealing with this all week long, but... This is really simple, so please don't discount this just because it's so simple. We need to get a revelation of this, and if you get it, it will really change your life. But Adam and Eve were the crowning jewel of God's creation, and there's many scriptures that say that. Contrary to what a lot of people are teaching today, you know, we've moved so far away from scripture, and we are, uh, we've exalted ourselves and, and all of these things, and anyway... Um, there's a lot of people that will put animals and the snail darter and all of this environmental stuff above everything else. And, you know, I was just teaching yesterday on television about um, a, a godly man will even regard the life of his beast. And so the scripture in Proverbs talks about, you know, that a godly person uh, is kind to animals and stuff, and we need to take care of the environment. I'm not talking about trashing it. But I'm saying that man was the crowning jewel of God's creation. And all of these things were created for his pleasure and for our pleasure, and we're supposed to have the dominion over them. Today, we see people That's that true. are putting animals and things ahead of people. You know, I just saw an ad this last week that showed these pitiful-looking dogs that were just sitting there shaking, and there was sad music, and please help. And I couldn't help but think... I'd like to know the people that put out that ad. If they abort babies, then I got no place for them talking about, you know, pitying these animals. But there are people today. That's a fair point. Fair point. I've, uh, Sarah McLaughlin, you know. I always wonder about these people that are making these videos, and they're like, well, why don't you help the dog? You know, it's sitting there freezing, chained up to something. Like, I'm sitting there like, <laughs> well, get on, the camera got to film it first, and then we'll <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Yeah, But the point is, human life above animal life, true enough. These things should not be pitted against each other. We can, we can do both, but he makes a, a fair point is that, you know, if you don't... It, but but it's, they go together, oddly enough, and because of the verse that he was talking about, remember Genesis 1, uh, and this is the um, verse 27, which has to do with the image of God and how the image of God... Uh, determines how we how we treat one another. So this is pretty important. Yep, good. They will pity an animal and do all of these things, and yet they don't respect human life. So anyway, without me getting off on all of that any more than I have, let me just say that we were the crowning jewel. We were what God created all of this for. And he kind of looks like Mike Rowe, don't you think? I was wondering how old he was because I'm starting to get, you know, catching up to him maybe. And I'm thinking, how does he have all the no gray hairs? <laughs> anyway. And even though we were the focus of God's creation, he created us last. He didn't create us first. Again, this is really simple, but think about this. If God would have created us first, did you know it was the fourth day that he created uh, land. It was either the third or the fourth day, you can read it right here, that he created land. If he would have created us first, we'd have had to tread water.
for three days. And then if we would have been created first when there was land and all of a sudden God said, let there be trees and fruit is in itself and let there be grass and all of these things, we'd have had to have been dodging all of the mountains and the trees and things like this. You know, the reason that God created us last, it's very specific, it's because He created all of these things for us and didn't create us until He had already made a provision for everything that we will ever need. When Adam and Eve were created, they didn't come to God and say, God, I'm hungry, and all of a sudden the Lord said, Oh, I'll create you something to eat. No, He had already created. You know, in this verse, I forget the number here, but... It says in verse uh, 29, And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed and all of the fruit and all of these things to eat. God had already created this. He had already created the needs, or He had already anticipated the needs of Adam and Eve. And before they ever existed, He created everything that they would ever need. They didn't get hungry and then have to go to God and God respond to them and provide food. They didn't say, God, I need to breathe. And He said, oh, I'll create air. He anticipated everything. And uh, I could spend some more time on this. I'll just say it and let it go. But he anticipated the needs of the entire human race. God has never created any more oxygen. He's never created any more food. He's never created anything new. The Lord rested. Right after this verse, it says in chapter 2, verse 1, the Lord rested on the seventh day. And when it says he rested, that's not talking about him being tired. It's talking about that it was complete. It was done. There was nothing left to do. And so he rested and immediately man entered into this supernatural rest that the Bible calls a Sabbath. Now, I talked on some of this last year. All right. All good stuff, right? I mean, I mean yeah, so far so good. And the guy's kind of a winsome goofball, you know? <laughs> He's just kind of goofing around. He's kind of taking it easy. And then he'll get you with a, it's a. It's a very fine point, actually. That the Adam and Eve were created last, and Eve last, but Adam and Eve created last as the crowning jewels of all creation, and that the Lord, everything else was by way of preparation, and that gives this priority to the Lord's work. So that's mm -hmm. that's great. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We gotta wait. We gotta get something bad in here. <laughs> radio. Well, let's listen a bit, a bit more, and then we'll take our break and and. Uh, Maybe, to find maybe, maybe during the break, I'll, I'll uh, see. But, you know, this is all building to something, right? So we want to see what the point is. I mean, the title of the sermon is, You've Already Got It. Maybe that means the provision that we need. There we go. It, it could be. I mean, that and the I'm Lord sees all that we need, even as sinners, and provides. So that even mm -hmm. before the foundation of the world, the, the redemption has been provided as well. That would be a fine point. Sure. Go back over all of that, but Hebrews chapter 4 talks about a Sabbath rest, and many people are trying to keep a day and honor a certain day, which Sunday isn't even the Sabbath. The Sabbath is sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, but it's not the day. We now have the reality. The Sabbath was a picture and a shadow of something that was to come, is what it says, Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. We now have the reality, and the reality is resting in what Jesus has done. That and that's what Hebrews is a fine point that not too many people understand. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. 
so so I mean it's so off it's it's so common to hear people misunderstand what the Sabbath was all about and they and, and they see it still as a day like um, if some people understand well if it's not Saturday it's Sunday now or whatever the idea is it's I have to stop working you know what's, what what God wants me to do here is to to cease my labor. Um, but what he said is just so fantastic that that is a picture of rest that we now have in Jesus. So that right. Jesus is our rest, that he is our Sabbath. And uh, so what, what now does it mean then to um, observe the Sabbath, but to rest in Jesus? And uh, that is done first and foremost, where he is uh, giving his gifts to us, that we would rest in Jesus by receiving his word and the sacrament for the forgiveness of our sins. That is keeping the Sabbath. We'll be right back. Don't ask me why, but you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The Sunday Drive Home, grappling with the text on the Theo vlog. These are some of the playlists on the YouTube channel. Visit YouTube slash Wolfmuller1. Check it out there. Welcome back to the final segment of Table Talk Radio, where all good things must come to an end. <laughs> and, he, and even bad things. <laughs> even bad things must come Although, to an end. Although, what are we doing here? We're sitting here listening to some Pentecostal sermon and really liking this guy. Like, hey, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean... So far, so good. I mean, What's if, wrong with us? If this was a Lutheran sermon, it would have been over 10 minutes ago, but... That's all right. We'll 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 keep plugging on, and uh, we'll see what else is. I'm I'm going to fast forward a little bit, shall we? Just just going to get the ball rolling a little bit. Sure. Okay. Let's just dive in somewhere in the middle here, and then uh, I'll got to do my screen share thing. I wish there was like a shortcut key to oh hold control. No, it'd be nice to have a shortcut key to screen share. That's what I wish I had. All right. Here's a little bit more of the sermon from Andrew Womack. I said this could kill our ministry. Our Bible college was growing, and we couldn't accommodate people, and it would have choked the ministry. It would have stopped everything if we didn't get this done. And so I spent about a week praying about it, but the more I prayed about it, I just was absolutely certain that this was God. And so anyway, I made a commitment, and I said, I don't care if they give me my $3.2 million tomorrow. I said, I'm going to do this debt-free. I'm refusing tomorrow. And sure enough, the next day, they said, you know what? You need more than 3.2. You need $4 million. We'll give you $4 million. And I said, you're a day late. And I turned it down. It's always a sign of biblical preaching when you tell people what you did and everybody applauds. (laughs) And I refused to do it. And you know what? In 14 months, we got that $3.2 million, and we built that thing and moved in. But you know what? I, it was because I believed, God, you've already given me wisdom. I've got the mind of Christ. I have an unction from the Holy One. I know what the answer is. I just don't know what it is. I know it in my Now, spirit, that is interesting. <laughs> I know it, but I don't know it. I have the mind of Christ. So it's, it's almost like the, the new man has a perfect knowledge of wisdom mm-hmm. and yet the, the me i i don't have access to that and that i think is what it would be like what he'll say speaking in tongues is right is the voice of that new man that is 
apart from what I know. It's almost like there's two minds mm-hmm. that are at work in the Christian. What do you? Th- yeah. So I mean, no, think about that. No, notice, notice how the quote mind of Christ is utilized, for lack of a better word, um, is that it's for the wisdom of of earthly dealings. Like, how am I going to finance this project? <laughs> And, oh and, yes, that's and, interesting. And, and somehow the the mind of Christ is going to give, give me the answer. I just don't know what the answer is yet. Um, when when we're talking about you know the 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 wisdom the Lord gives us, um, see it's 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 this kind of common thing that um, you know God has kind of laid out this plan. It's just that we have to do, do the discovery process. Um, now there's something to say about you know earthly wisdom. You know, I mean, he was talking about he he was extolling the virtue of not going into debt. You know, if 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 you can tackle a big project without going into debt, that's probably a good idea. Um, maybe you can make it work with debt. Either way, but that you're employing some kind of an earthly wisdom there. Like like what what's a good idea in this situation? That doesn't necessarily have to be a a divine revelation that. Uh, that that I get from the mind of Christ. I think that's right. There's two kinds of wisdom that the Bible talks about. There is the earthly wisdom and there's the godly wisdom. And this godly wisdom, you know, this is so this is 10 commandments. And this is the this the wisdom of God is the cross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the salvation of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's and there's a great mixing of these two happening here. Mm-hmm. As you pointed out, like, should I go in debt for the Bible college? Maybe there's earthly wisdom. Uh, faith, you know, comes into play in these sorts of things. But, how, um, yeah. So, th- so, so here's where the confusion begins. But, but, how th- this idea that like there's a there's a spirit part of me here which I don't know <laughs> about, and that's where this wisdom is, and that's what speaks in tongues. How do you spell tongues? And uh, and and so there's like the spiritual life that's cut off from the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. That is, that's where the Gnosticism comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I don't even know uh, the things that I know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. But I don't know it in my brain. It's here, and in the name of Jesus, I'm gonna pray in tongues and ask for an interpretation. I just started praying, and I mean, boom, like that. The answer came. You know, if you are born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, you have an un. So I just want to point something out, just a bit of a translation issue. Uh, we'll talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit means two different things from a Pentecostal and what the Scriptures say. <laughs> right? Right. So, so we understand, uh, just like John 3 talks about the, the, the Holy Spirit, we're, we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, through water and the Word, right? So that we, we we cannot disconnect the the baptism of water and with the baptism that the Scriptures speak of. Same thing. Uh, the Pentecostal says there's a water That's baptism, the- which is just your expression of uh, what in, inward, outward expression of inward commitment. But there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that is something that happens later, a, a spiritual experience, usually accompanied by the speaking of tongues. So that's kind of a, right. a an additional baptism that is non-physical. It's a Gnostic baptism. Can we call that the Gnostic baptism? Yep. Uh, so here's the, the problem. So the Bible wants to connect baptism and the gospel, 
And so the basic Anabaptist move is to say, no, 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 baptism is a work. It's not the gospel. They draw the they draw it here. The Pentecostal comes along and draws it here <laughs> and says that there's a water baptism and that's the law part, and then there's a spirit baptism, and that's the gospel part. And so that so so you're just what you said. I'm just drawing a picture of it because I, I like drawing on the screen. Apparently so. <laughs> from the Holy One and you know all things. Colossians 3.10 says, put on the new man which after God is uh, renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. You've I'm going to keep that in mind if I ever have to apply for a job. What are your qualifications? Well, I'm baptized so I know all things. So, you know, you could, well, if you want me to design the next rocket to Mars, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to do that. I know all things the mind of Christ on the inside of you. And yet we go through this life acting like people that just don't know anything and like, well, I'm only human. I'm not only human. One third of me is wall to wall Holy Ghost. One third of me has been renewed and I am a new person. And it's just like Adam and Eve when they got hungry. Oh God, I'm hungry. He says, well, eat. You know, again, I hope I'm not stepping on anybody's toes because people mean different things. But I go into these churches and, oh, God, I'm hungry for you. Oh, God, I'm desperate for you. And they just glorify their hunger and desperation. And I always say, if you're hungry, eat. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's here with you. It's like a person sitting at a table with a seven-course meal in front of them, and all they can do is talk about, man, I'm sure hungry. All right. What, what are your thoughts here? So this is a, like this reversal of the heresy of adoptionism. So the old adoptionism said that, you know, man has body, soul, spirit, and that the spirit of Jesus is replaced by the logos. And so that was the heresy. And this guy's just taken that and flipped it on its head and said that, no, no, we have a body and soul and spirit, and now our spirit is replaced by the Holy Spirit. And this is not the the, the case. I mean, the Holy Paul will make this clear in Romans 8, and he says, the Holy Spirit testifies to our spirit. So the Holy Spirit does not replace our our spirit. And so there's some bad uh, ontology, there's some bad anthropology happening in, in here. But it's almost like, so that spirit part of me, the Holy of Holies, which we talked about earlier, is true, it is filled with the Holy Spirit, but it does not replace our spirit. Um, so hmm. anyway, there's yep. some there's some really dangerous stuff that's happening. Yeah, I'll tell you. I mean, uh, w- when once you start making this Gnostic move, that uh, that that God's doing something divorced from who you are in your body, um, that 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 your body's one thing, but there's something spiritual going on that he's he's working immaterially. That's going to affect. The way I mean, we we started talking about the order of creation. It's going to affect the way that we are as human beings here. And so you mentioned this is a bad ontology. Well, you get there by starting with a, a Gnostic move. Mm-hmm. Yep. All of God's gifts well, arrive he... to us through the body. Right. So that's why the Lord has given us a body. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, look how God works with His people in a physical way throughout biblical history. I mean, He mm-hmm. He He's not just working on people on the inside. He's he's mm-hmm. coming to them in a burning bush or through sacrifices or, you know, a, 
a, a pillar of fire or whatever. It's always physical. It's, it's external. That's how God mm-hmm. works with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adam and Eve, God had already provided everything, and it's true, they probably got hungry, but if they did, it was their own fault. It wasn't because God wasn't supplying. There was enough food on this planet for 7 billion people. There was no shortage of food, but God didn't feed them intravenously. He didn't just by osmosis as they walked by, nourishment came into them. They had to reach out and take a banana and peel it and eat it. Some people would call that work. Oh, that's going to be all the time wow. we have. So Now, it's true that the Lord gives gifts externally, and we should receive them. But the gifts that he gives are life, salvation, and the forgiveness of sins through the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's our joy. Indeed. All right. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, air loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, Thank you, YouTube, for today's cancer, show prep. Sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.